Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Listen to it fizz. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold distress. Alka-Seltzer presents The Quiz Kids. Attention, Quiz Kids. Here's the first question today. Why does the Easter rabbit always have a shiny nose? Well, Mr. Bunny has been pretty much in evidence today, so we should all be able to answer that one. Let's see if our answers check with those given by the youngsters here in radio's classroom of the air. And here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Well, I can't ask the youngsters here in school this afternoon about their new Easter bonnets because they're all boys. But there are many other interesting phases of this special day that we can discuss, and let's get that discussion underway right now, boys. Are you ready for roll call? Here we go. First, smiling, blue-eyed Patrick. I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 11 years old and in 7 8th Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. And then returning to school, we have the boy who divides part of his time between music and baseball, Lonnie. I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 13 years old and in the eighth grade at Lincoln Junior High School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Next, a youngster who continues to make a fine record in our class, David. I'm David Freifelder. I'm 13 years old and I'm a freshman in Waukegan Township High School, Waukegan, Illinois. And then uh, here's dependable, good-natured Joel. I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 12 years old and a freshman at Roosevelt High School in Chicago. And finally, looking as happy as the little Easter bunny himself, little Melvin. I'm Melvin Miles. I'm five years old. I go to kindergarten in Norwood Park School. Well, I wonder if you quiz kids and our listeners have solved that Easter riddle from Mrs. C.W. Kaiser of Phoenix, Arizona. Why does the Easter rabbit always have a shiny nose? We have three hands up, and Pat's hand was first. Well, the answer to that is because his powder puff, his tail was on the other end. That's it, and he explained the whole thing to us, too. (laughs) Were you going to say the same thing, Melvin? Well, no, I was going to say either because it's sunny, that's one, or because it's, uh, his nose is pink and it might be a little shiny pink. (laughs) Well, that's all right. Yeah, that's logical. Now for this question from Mrs. Pearl B. Ginn of uh, Long Beach, California, I'm going to give you children one word from an old proverb, and you try to give me the complete proverb. In each case, the word is something associated with Easter. Here's the first one. Eggs. In what proverb would you find the word eggs? Melvin? Well, would that be the, uh... That's, uh... Wait, I can't, can't get that's it That's an old proverb, now... Uh, yes, I know. Yeah. How I does it go? that's, uh... Don't kill the goose that laid the golden egg. That's one of them. That's very... Now, how do you like that? That's very good, Melvin. Yes, sir. And Patrick? Well, one where eggs are implied is uh, don't count your chickens before they're hatched. Well, yes. Of course, uh, there, uh, there is another one here. Uh, don't put all of your eggs in uh, one basket. Uh-huh. Now then, uh, this one here, this next one is uh, Lily. Melvin? As pure as a lily? 
Well, now, that's a very, very good answer, Melvin. I'm thinking of another one. Uh, uh, don't uh, gild the lily. That's the one I was thinking about. Well, so far, so good. Now, if you quiz kids answer this next question correctly, Ms., uh, Mrs. Judith Sable of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, will receive a beautiful Zenith portable radio. But if she stumps you, she will receive from the makers of Alka-Seltzer one of those magnificent Zenith radio phonograph combinations, the set with two Cobra tone arms, one for regular playing records and one for the new long playing records and two FM bands. Now for the question... In way of saying goodbye to the opera season and welcoming in baseball, Mrs. Sable wants me to use the nicknames of baseball teams and see if you kids can tell in what opera I might find that team. Now, where might I find the Pirates? David. Well, uh... It's Pittsburgh Pirates, and it's the Pirates of Penzance by Gilbert and Sullivan. That's right. Very good. Uh-huh. Now, in what opera might I find the Giants? The Giants. Lonnie? In the Ring operas. Well, uh, uh, Well, the first one, especially Rheingold. That's does Rheingold. Rheingold. That's right, absolutely. Uh-huh. Now, this last one is a little on the tricky side, kids. In what opera might we find the Phillies? I remember I said it was a little tricky. Melvin? Well, uh, I'm just taking a chance here. Maybe that's uh, a ball opera. <laughs> well, the, uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, you, you did take a chance. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Joel? Well, sometimes the girl is referred to as a filly, so it'll be in any opera. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's debatable, Joel. Uh, very debatable. Uh, I think horses are referred to as. Uh, well, also fillies. sometimes girls. So let's confine to that. David? Well, uh, as you said, fillies are horses, and in uh, the opera Siegfried, there's uh, a great throng of horses that uh, they have to choose from, and the one chosen is Gron, and that was supposed to be the greatest horse in the world. Are you sure about that, David? Mm-hmm. It was either in Siegfried or the Valkyrie. Well, now, which one? We're getting warm, well, I'll we're say getting cold. the Valkyrie, cold. then. Huh? The Valkyrie. That's right, that's right. That's the one, yeah. The Valkyries rode horses, uh-huh. And, uh, well... Of course, that means that Mrs. Judith Sable gets uh, uh, the uh, portable radio for sending in that question and uh, naturally being used. Uh, <clears throat> now, let's see. Today, we've been hearing about the Easter bunnies visiting us, but Alan Ross of Memphis, Tennessee, wants to know, in what story did someone visit a rabbit and ate so much he couldn't get out the door? Uh, Melvin. Would that be Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh, that's right. Yeah. Well, so far this afternoon, our class has been right on its toes. And now, before we take up this next question, here's Bob Murphy. Thanks, Joe. And friends, I'd like to pose this little problem. Suppose a headache comes along suddenly and threatens to slow you down on the job or spoil an evening of fun. Uh, what do you do? Do you just suffer along, or are you one of the thousands who has learned about Alka-Seltzer and the fast relief it offers from headache distress? Well, if you don't know, you should. It's so easy to drop an Alka-Seltzer tablet or two into a glass of water, listen to it fizz, and then drink the sparkling, effervescing solution this makes. And the fast, really effective relief Alka-Seltzer can bring is so welcome. Yes, Alka-Seltzer contains one of the world's most effective pain relievers. And you'll be amazed how soon that headache can become a thing of the past. <laughs> 
Try Alka-Seltzer next time you have a headache, won't you? Yes, try it. That's all we ask you to do. Alka-Seltzer will do the rest. Get a package of Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore, and instead of one, buy two. That's the wisest thing to do. Well, kids, this question from Patricia Smith of Los Gatos, California, deals with the bone structure of the human body. With the right superior phalanges, can you touch your right carpus backwards? Patrick. Well, no, you can't. Why can't you? The phalanges are the bones that connect the parts of the hand. Yes. And the carpus is the wrist. So? Uh, So you could not do it backwards. You can't bend your hand backwards. No, you couldn't. (laughs) Very good, Patty. Very, very good. Now try this question from C.W. Darby of Los Angeles, California. Name a book of the Bible that begins with each of the letters in the last name of our 18th president. Lonnie. Well, our 18th president was Ulysses H. Grant. Right. Well, let's see. We'll start with... uh, G. G, we'll start with Genesis. Genesis, G. Right. R. R. Well, let's see. Revelation could be... All right, fine. I think there are others. A A? would be Amos. Amos. N N? would be uh, N. N? Numbers. Numbers? Or Nehemiah. Nehemiah. And uh, T would be... uh, Timothy, first and second Timothy, uh, also Thessalonians. Yeah, first and second Thessalonians, also Titus. Titus. Very, very good. That was very fine. <laughs> Mrs. R. Rogers of San Francisco, California, points out that a number of birds are failures when it comes to flying, but are still very highly thought of. Can you name a bird of this description? Melvin. A roadrunner. And it, uh, you, would you like me to describe it? And yeah, I, well, I wish you would. The roadrunner, that's a very good answer. Uh, what, well, uh, uh, one thing, it's got very short wings, but it can fly. And um, it's got brown and white, like little freckles or something. Like yeah. that. And a crest, which yes. is all black. And then, it's, uh, here's a little comical thing here. <laughs> It uh, uses its tail for a break. That's right, it does. Yes, huh? And uh, are you all finished? No. Oh, you're not. <laughs> and then it also uh, lays a lot of eggs, I think, or one or two. But when any of the animals, like snakes or any kind of a bugs, try to come near that, this roadrunner eats them. Mice or rats, it eats it. You bet they don't stand a chance with a roadrunner, believe you me. All right, Joel? Well, ostriches can't fly. That's right. And also jailbirds, using a pun, but of course they wish they could. Oh, jailbirds. They definitely can't fly, can they? All right. Well, Pat? Well, penguins can't fly. Penguins, right. And uh, David? Well, the most common bird, the hen. That's highly highly valued, and that can't fly. That's right. And Lonnie? Well, there's a bird, a rather rare bird, called the kiwi. It's the used, kiwi. It's used to distinguish also a, a, a someone who's training to be a pilot but doesn't have his wings yet. That's a, It's a bird that cannot fly. That's right. Uh-huh. You know, kids, parents often spell out things for children, and I'm going to use the same technique on this question from Mrs. N.C. King of Lindhurst, Ohio. Shortly before Easter, a great many people were interested in a special... B-O-N-N-E-T from France. Can you tell why? Patrick? 
Well, that's a bonnet from France. And that, oh, that's uh, Bonet who signed the Atlantic <laughs> Pact. <laughs> that's right, Pat. Almost caught you off guard on that, didn't I? Hmm? Try this one from Mrs. J.H. Westover of Yuma, Arizona. Using the first three letters of the following states, try to give the first name or nickname of a past or contemporary prominent person. First, take California. The first three letters. Joel? Well, that'd be uh, C-A-L, Calvin Coolidge. K-A-L, that's right. Uh Uh-huh. Now then, uh, let's take uh, Kentucky next. Lonnie? Well, that's K-E-N, which would spell out Ken. Ken? Well, uh, for contemporary, I don't think there's uh, much except possibly a baseball player. There's Ken Raffensperger. Uh-huh. Well, he's quite prominent. That's all right, Patrick. Well, also on the baseball scene, there's Ken Keltner. Ken Keltner, sure. Joel? Well, there's a radio announcer, Ken uh, Carpenter. Ken Carpenter. Uh-huh. That's the one I was really thinking about. Now, how about this third one, Louisiana? Lonnie? Well, that's Lou. L-O-U. L-O-U. Well, that, that would be short for Lewis, it could be. Well, there's also a lot of baseball players named Lou. There's Lou Brissy, yes. of the pitcher for the Philadelphia Athletics. Uh-huh. Joe? Well, uh, Herbert Hoover's first, uh, uh, Herbert Hoover's wife's first name was Lou. Oh, is that uh, so? I think it's Lou Henry. Oh, I see. Well, I'm glad you brought that. I didn't know that, see? And, uh, uh, Patrick? Well, there are all the kings of France named Louis, and then there's Lou Boudreaux. Yes, Lou Boudreaux, huh? And Lonnie has another one. Well, there's Lou Little, the football coach at Columbia University. He's quite prominent. Yes, Recognized uh-huh. as one of the top football coaches in the country. Yes, well, I guess we could go on and on with this. Now, Mrs. Barbara Martin of Portland, Oregon, sends in this question. If you saw the following clouds, would you carry an umbrella or not? First, how about the stratocumulus clouds? David. Well, uh, I don't think you'd carry an umbrella because uh, they're uh, flat, high, puffy clouds. And cumulus clouds, unless they're nimble cumulus, very seldom uh, bring rain. Yes, that's right. They're really fair-weather clouds. How about the nimbus clouds, Joel? Well, the nimbuses are black and usually precede a rainstorm, so you'd carry your umbrella. You certainly would. That's right. They are rain clouds. And how about the cirrus clouds? Uh, David? Well, uh, as for, for rain, you might not, but they sometimes bring s- uh, snow. They're the very high, wispy clouds. That's right. Sort of an ice uh, crystal. Lonnie, what were you going to well, say? Well, cirrus... Uh, also, they they cause mist mostly, don't they? And uh, I don't. I think uh, nimbus clouds are about the only clouds that uh, would really prophesy rain. And uh, uh, Joel said that the nimbus clouds usually precede, precede rain. Well, rain usually comes from the nimbus clouds. So, yes. But the cirrus, I I don't think there'd be too much need for carrying an umbrella because they are the light clouds that. Uh, don't bring rain. Yes, uh, sort of uh, feather clouds. David, what were you going well, to say? Well, uh, Lonnie said that they cause mist, but that's not true because for a cloud to be a cirrus cloud it has to be at least 15,000 feet high. Anything lower than that isn't considered a cirrus. That's right. Very, very good, David. Very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Helen Johnson of Los Angeles, California, must have been reading the comic strips lately. She sends in these definitions of the names of comic strip characters, and from this clue, asks you children to identify the character. For example, if I gave you the definition, a small, flat, 
unsweetened cake, it would suggest cookie in the comic strip uh, Blondie, see? Now, what characters are suggested by these definitions? The satellite of the Earth revolving around it from west to east. Well, now, wait a minute. While I was reading that, I didn't see whose hand went up first. Now, whose hand was first? Lonnie's? All right, Lonnie. Well, that would be Moon and Moon Mullins. <laughs> moon and Moon Mullins, right. Now, see if we can get this next one. A pocketbook, especially one of the right size to hold paper money. Lonnie? Uncle Wallet in Skeeters. Wallet. That's right. Walt Wallet in Gasoline Alley. Uh, yeah, Gasoline Alley. Uh-huh. Very good. Now, this question comes from Fred Koch of New York City. On what mountain or mountain range could the following characters in fiction be found? You must get two out of three in order to score on this. Rip Van Winkle. Lonnie? He, he went to sleep in the Catskill mountain range. The Catskills, uh-huh. And uh, how about Mr. Chips? Mr. Chips. David? Well, if that's the Mr. Chips that went to Washington... Maybe, no. I'm not sure. I think that was Mr. Smith that went oh. to Washington, wasn't it? Mr., this is from the movie uh, uh, Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Uh, the uh, Mr. Chips I'm thinking about now. Pat? Oh, uh, wouldn't that be a gambling term? No. Uh, chips? You couldn't no. find them. No, we're speaking in terms of, uh, of uh, mountains or mountain ranges. David? Well, if I'm correct, I think that uh, he lived in uh, California, and then it would be the Rockies. Oh. Well, no, Joel? In California, it'd be the Sierra Nevadas. <laughs> well, we're getting pretty technical here. Uh, the answer to this uh, is the Alps, see? And uh, how about Rosemary? What mountain? Uh, Joel? Well, isn't that uh, an operetta with that's a right. Canadian background? So yes, so. It would be the Canadian Rockies. Canadian Rockies, that's right. Well, that saves the question. I asked for two out of three, and you gave me two out of three. Now, we're going to turn things over to Bob Murphy again. Bob tells me he has a math problem that is really terrific. <laughs> uh, what's the big number you start out with, Bob? Uh, 17,760,000, Joe. Say, that is a whopper. Mm -hmm. Well, what are you going to do, divide or multiply? Well, neither, Joe. I'm just going to think about that number and, and be amazed. 17,760,000. Because, you know, that's the number of people who may expect to have colds during the month of April. So, friends, here's some good advice. Take care. And if you should take cold, take Alka-Seltzer. Here's Alka-Seltzer's helpful and really effective ABC cold comfort treatment. A, Alka-Seltzer. Take it at the first sign of a cold to help relieve that miserable, ache-in-every-bone, feverish feeling. B, be wise. Beware of drafts, be careful of your diet, and try to get more rest than usual. And C stands for comfort. The comfort an Alka-Seltzer gargle can bring to a sore throat caused by your cold. Yes, there it is, Alka-Seltzer's ABC cold comfort treatment. Try it if you get caught with a cold during this changeable spring weather. Yes, when you begin to sniffle and sneeze, start Alka-Seltzer's ABCs. Now, uh, children, we all know Easter celebrates the resurrection of Christ, so it's appropriate to review the teachings of Christ during his entire lifetime on earth. Mrs. J.C. Revelle of Chicago would like to know which one of his teachings impresses you most. We'll start off with Patrick. Well, I have two of them that help me a lot, and one is 
he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone. Mm -hmm. And that would uh, help you when you're ready to criticize somebody. You should remember that you might have done the same things under those conditions. And the other one is, suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And uh, you always know that God loves you and is watching over you. That's right, Patrick. And uh, David? Uh, well, I, ha I have three of them. And one of them that I think is the best is the golden rule. Mm -hmm. Because if everyone uh, treated others as they'd like to be treated themselves, I don't think there'd be any war or greed or intolerance or any of the prejudices of any kind. And also, uh, uh, he wanted brotherhood uh, of man. He wanted peace between all men. And another one was even when he was dying on the cross, he... Uh, uh, well, he asked God to forgive his uh, crucifiers and prove that charity was one of his teachings also. Uh-huh. All right, fine. And uh, Melvin? Well, I was going to say the... <coughs> excuse me. I was going to say the same thing and uh, because when Jesus was on the cross, I think it said in the Bible that it was very painful. And yet he asked God to forgive him, rather to forgive the people for putting, for crucifying him. That's he said, do, uh, God, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. That's right. Uh-huh. And Joe? Well, uh, I think the best ones were when he was asked in the uh, temple uh, what were, uh, what he thought was the most important commandment, and he gave two. Love uh, the Lord thy God with all thy strength, and... Love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Lonnie? Well, uh, I think uh, belief in eternal life is one of the teachings that impressed me most. Even when he was on the cross, he uh, uh, made uh, reference to that. He said, uh, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And also, uh, he said to the thief on the cross next to him, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, to today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And also, he said... Uh, in my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And also, he taught kindness and compassion. He illustrated that by the parable of the Good Samaritan. And also, forgiveness and love. All right, children. Uh, you know, there are three versions of the story of the resurrection in the Bible. And at the request of Mrs. L. Johnson of Detroit, Michigan, I shall read a quotation from each story. You children are to tell in which of the Gospels you would find the quotation. Here's the first one. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Patrick? Well, that's from Matthew. That's right, the book of Matthew. Now, here's another version. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout... Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Lonnie? That's from the book of Luke. The Bo uh, book of St. Luke, uh-huh. Where is this one found? But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. 
And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? David? Well, I'm pretty sure that that's John. That's right, the book of St. John. Mm-hmm. Mrs. L. Morgan of New York feels that even though most of us are familiar with the old, well-loved traditional hymns, many people are not sure who composed them. Howard Peterson will play an Easter hymn, and you children try to give the composer's name. All right, Howard. Patrick? Well, that's the Palms, and that's Foray. That's right, Foray. Mm-hmm. Now let's see what we can do with number two here. Lonnie? Well, that's Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. I believe that's by William Howard Doane. Well, uh, he wrote the uh, music, and the words were written by... I'm not sure who wrote the words of that. Well, they were written by F.J. Crosby. All right, now here's the last one. Lonnie? Well, that was, the words were written by Wesley, Charles Wesley. That's right. And what is the name of that? That's uh, Christ the Lord is Risen Today. That's correct. Uh-huh. I wonder, could, you, uh, could you sing that for us, Lonnie? Yeah, I suppose so. What key would you like it in? Well, I think I'd like it in A. A? Okay. All right, Howard. Christ the Lord is risen today. of men and angels say Alleluia Raise your joys and triumphs Alleluia Sing ye heavens and earth reply Beautiful, Lonnie. Really and truly beautiful. And a very appropriate conclusion to our Quiz Kids program this Easter Sunday. Well, kids, I, I, I know you're all anxious to hear who won in today's classroom competition. Remember now, whether you win or lose this afternoon, you'll each receive a $100 savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Now, while I'm waiting for the judges to hand me your report cards... Here is a reminder. At 7, at 12, at 6. Mealtime in America and vitamin time. Yes, put that one-a-day brand multiple vitamin bottle on the table and see to it that every member of your family takes a one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule. Don't take chances. Government surveys show that the meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. So don't take chances that your daily diet is short on essential vitamins. Be on the safe side. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Sixty capsules, only two dollars. Remember, mealtime is vitamin time. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Well, Quiz Kids, the, uh, I have your report cards here. Let's see. The judges uh, find that... Uh, 
Well, uh, you didn't miss any questions this afternoon. And then taking into consideration your age as well as the number of correct answers you gave, the judges report that um, Lonnie was first, Patrick second, and Melvin third. So we'll expect you three back in school two weeks from today. Now, uh, I say two weeks because next Sunday we're going to have a special group of youngsters here in school. Since last fall, many of you listeners have been enjoying your own local quiz kids programs broadcast over the NBC stations in your own communities. Now, you've also heard some of the winners of these local quiz kids programs here in our nationwide quiz kids classroom, and we're going to have another group of these bright youngsters. Yes, next Sunday, here in our Chicago classroom of the air, you'll meet a quiz kid from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, one from Flint, Michigan, another from Little Rock, Arkansas, one from Elkhart, Indiana, and one from Laurel, Mississippi. And we'll be happy to welcome these youngsters and say we have a real treat for them. And you listeners, too. For we've invited the famous star of stage, screen, and radio, Clifton Webb, to be our guest next Sunday. So all you folks plan to be with us, won't you? Until then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Bye, Mr. Mr. Kelly. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.